Welcome to the Redeemer Coast podcast. Our prayer is that this message will inspire hope, build your faith and encourage you with God's purposes for your life. I wasn't satisfied that it was all that we had to in God to deliver. And uh, it's titled Risen with Him. Risen with Him. And I'm convinced, and I guess if you've been uh, around churches and around the body of Christ long enough, and especially when you've studied the lives of of people who God's been able to use uh, to do wonderful things, I'm convinced that we really have only just scratched the surface of what it means to be risen with Christ and the authority that we have in that position. And uh, it reminds me, there's a little video going around Facebook or Twitter or something at the moment of this little kid, and he's at some sort of carnival or parade, and he's on one side of the parade, and then everyone's, you know, then they've got the street and there's this huge crowd on the other side, and he's like this two-year-old boy. Has anyone seen that one? This two-year-old boy is there, and some reason he was getting pretty excited, and he started to put his hands up on the air and go, whoa, like this at the parade. And then a few people on the other side of the street um, saw what was happening, and they decided to mimic him. So after a few attempts, there was this little boy, two-year-old, on one side of the street going, whoa, at the parade, and then hundreds of people on the other side of the street went, whoa, whenever he went, whoa. And then it, this happened three or four times. I just go, and he's like, <laughs> he'd go like this, and they'd go, and they'd go, whoa, and they'd go, whoa, like this. And the little caption says, no one person should have this much power. <laughs> well, I'm convinced that we really haven't begun to cotton on to the power that we have in Jesus Christ and authority that we have in the risen Christ. All right? And if you think about this, Jesus didn't need authority. He didn't need authority. He already had it. Huh? He is the Logos. He is the spoken and the word, revealed word of God, the mind of God, who formed the world and the universe, spoke it into being. He didn't need to be risen to get authority. It wasn't for him, right? It wasn't, authority and power wasn't new to him. It's new to us, all right? And I'm convinced as a church, we've got very good at, and we have got very good at identifying with the death of Jesus Christ, all right? And when we recognize that Christ identified with us on the cross, he bore our infirmities, he carried our diseases, by his stripes we were healed. He became sin, the Bible says, became sin. And we're good at that. You know, that's been preached so when we understand that, that, that he identified with Christ, with us on the cross. And when we come to that knowledge that Christ took our sin on the cross, we have faith for salvation. Okay? We can believe God for salvation. And, and we, we, we leave it off somewhere there. You know? But what we need to understand is that we need to identify with him in the resurrection. He identified with us 
in his death for forgiveness of sins. We have to identify with him in the resurrection, to live in the resurrection life and power in in our life. And we've just begun to scratch the surface on that. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of um, ministers that um, we hear stories of that um, have, have done marvelous things in God, who have had a glimpse of this understanding, who have had a glimpse of this authority. And I think of John G. Lake. You may have heard or may not have heard of John G. Lake. So John G. Lake was an apostle to, uh, to mainly to South Africa. He went to South Africa. And he had the revelation that the life of God was in him and that that life had authority over all the forces of darkness. And anything. And, and he, he was one of the first guys really to be reminded or, or be, to have the revelation or illumination again that sickness is from the devil. It's not God's will for us to be sick, all right? That Christ bore it, and therefore, as a Christian, we should have authority over this. Now, you and I know, that even if we know that, that our experience is sometimes very, very different to that. But we still see glimpses of people who have walked in that. Now, John G. Lake, he was ministering when there was the bubonic plague in, in South Africa, and he would have to go into people's houses and take out their dead members and they're foaming at the mouth and, and he'd bury them sometimes fall to a grave, he said. And then he would, and they, they were amazed that he didn't wear any protection. So the English and American government sent over things for him to be protected and he said, no, I don't need that. Now, I'm not recommending you do this, all right? But I'm just saying that here's someone that had a glimpse of of the authority that he had as a believer, okay? And then the medical expert said, well, why haven't, how come you haven't caught the bubonic plague? You're just going and handling all these dead bodies and you haven't caught it. And he said, because the spirit of the life of God is in me and I have authority over that sickness. And they, they looked at him, you know, crazy, like you get looked at crazy sometimes as Christians, you know. And he said, do, do this experiment. So he got the foam from the chest of one of the, cor- of the corpses, the bubonic foam, and, and they put it under a microscope and it stays, he said, you'll notice that the, that the bacteria stays alive for quite a, a long time after, the, after it, it's dead and, and outside of the body. And then he said, now watch this. And he went and he got that foam and he put it in his hand like this and he put it under it and it had died. And the doctor said, well, how's that? He said, because the life of God in me killed it. Now, that will make your head tilt, won't it? You've got, like, you know, the ping-bong, ping-bong, tilt, tilt, you know, that'll make your head tilt. And, and that doesn't mean that necessarily every understanding you had was right, and I'm not saying I recommend doing that, but what I am saying is that we've just started to glimpse some of the authority that we have in Christ. And, of course, we give you extreme examples because it blows your mind, but, you know, they're not all extreme. I remember Brother T.L. Osborne saying... Um, Someone said, do you, you know, do you, do you feel the anointing? you feel the anointing when you preach? He said, if I felt the anointing in my life, I, I, w- I wouldn't know it if I had. He said, when I get up there, I get up there because I know I'm ministering the gospel and the word of God's got power. And so I just, I just do it. All right? And, and hundreds of thousands of millions 
got saved and, and many mighty, mighty miracles. I can remember Brother Hagen uh, telling us um, that he, he one time he was ministering and there was uh, with him a uh, traveling for a few weeks with a young pastor who had severe diabetes. And so they had to uh, um, really monitor everything, you know, the story, everything he had to eat. And he got in, in the car with Brother Hagen to go on a two-week road trip. And Brother Hagen, you know, uh, he, the, the pastor was telling, young pastor was telling him about his diabetes and all the things he had to control, you know, otherwise he'd, he could die. And Brother Hagen said to him, you won't need to worry about that. Why are you with me? And he said, what do you mean? He said, well, why are you with me? That you're covered because my faith will cover you. I've got authority over that diabetes. I'll cover it. Don't worry about it. And, and for two weeks, he, he, he tested, started anything, and, and all the symptoms, diabetes totally left for two weeks. And then at the end of the traveling, at the end of the traveling with Brother Hagen, um, it just it sort of gradually came back in over the next five days. Now, don't get, take that and in any way have any sort of condemnation or anything. But what I'm trying to say is that we've only just begun to understand the authority that when we start identifying with Christ, with the resurrected Christ, he didn't rise for his authority, he rose for our authority. He rose for us to have authority. I can remember Archbishop Bensonita Hosa. I don't know if you've heard of Archbishop Bensonita Hosa. He, he died in 1999, but he, uh, he was raised up under T.L. Osborne in Nigeria. T.L. Osborne said to him, uh, it was this young evangelist, he was left for dead on a, on a garbage heap by his parents and someone rescued him. He got saved and, and uh, T.L. Osborne took him under his wing, saw that he was an evangelist with a gift, uh, with a, a faith gift and a gift for working of miracles. And he said, I'm going to give you all the money you need to, to build a huge church and... and uh, and um, uh, Bensonita Hosa got very excited about it and T.L. Osborne pulled out his wallet and gave him $50. And uh, he said to them, now if you can't build a church with that, then you're not the man of God and faith that I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> so of course what Archbishop did, he said, it wasn't Archbishop, then he gave it straight away. So when I visited him in 1985, uh, they had just in that one city, Benin City, which was the centre of witchcraft for the whole of, of Nigeria, all right, a centre of witchcraft, um, and they had already started 50 churches in that, in that town the size of uh, Sunshine Coast, 250 people. And his church was multiple thousands, probably about three, four, five thousand. 5,000. Nigerians will tell you it's 20,000, but for the record, it was probably more like two, 3,000. Okay? And um, we were there when, um, uh, when Reinhard Bonnke came to visit and started a crusade. But the thing that impressed, impressed me the most, one of the things that impressed me the most was surrounding the campus of this church and Bible study all around was witchcraft. Like I'd, I'd go for a walk, all right, and you'd go past and there were literally witch covens next to, like, there's the campus, there's the fence, there's the witch coven. And you think it's disturbed Benson and Jose? He couldn't care less. And, you know, we, we'd get all upset about that. We'd probably fast for two weeks and have, he just couldn't care less. All right, and, and the gospel was exploding there because this is someone, when you know your authority in Christ, it, the devil doesn't worry you anymore. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. It's just got to be that way, devil. 
I'm not really sorry, but take it, you know. And, and, and he was amazed when he came to Australia. I remember hearing him in 1984, just before I went over there, and he was amazed how scared we are of the devil. And he was, he was saying, you've got no idea about the devil. I mean, there were some American missionaries when I was there that told me how, how they take, they run a school and they take kids on an excursion crossing a bridge, I think I've told you this, and they're sitting there and they said, Grant, I'm telling you, as I've seen there, sitting there, 30 kids walking over this bridge, over this river, and a kid flies up into the air, meters into the air, and across and down into the water because some witch had put a, a curse on them to die. All right? And so, but Archbishop Hosa was amazed at the fear, the trepidation that we have of this, you know, the whole new age, all oh, this new age, you know, all the, you know, there's witches and, you know, like, you know, there's no more demons with them than there is with the rich guy who's prideful. You know, Satan gets you one way or another. If he can get you into new age, get you into worship of the devil, he'll do it in a much subtler way. There's no more demons there. And he said, I remember at a conference, a vision conference, um, and he got up there and he said, you Australians, he said, you're so scared of the devil. Now, listen, I know I, I, I've verged between uh, Nigerian, Scottish, and Pakistani. <laughs> but please be with me. Right. <laughs> you're so scared. Of, he said, show me the devil. I'll put him in my bag. I'll take him back to uh, Nigeria. Just the utter contempt. All right? Because he, now I'm not saying you know, that all his doctrine was right. You know? Um, it's just really me and Ethan that's got our doctrine right. Sometimes I worry about Ethan. <laughs> no, so I don't believe some things I believed five, you know, five years ago. You'd hate to think that you got to my age, 39, and you'd known <laughs> everything there was to know about God, wouldn't you? All right? So I'm not saying all these guys had all their doctrine in place. I'm saying they had a glimpse of the authority of the believer. And he told us a story, Archbishop Bensonita Hosea told us a story, and I've told you before, about trying to get a crusade in a Muslim city and walking down with the mayor of the city and a, a guy falling off the construction, six floors or so, flat, dying, and, and Archbishop picking him up and speaking life to him and him coming back to life. And of course, then the Muslim... Uh, 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 mayor welcomed them to run a crusade and it's just a glimpse it's a glimpse that we have as the authority of the believer Christ didn't rise with authority for his sake think about that and if you read the epistles every epistle Paul goes through this it's a little bit less in Corinthians because there was other issues he was addressing but he still addresses it and he bases all his teaching on us being on this side of the resurrection. All right? I should say you're working left to right. Friday's that side. Christ identifies with us, took our sins on the cross, bore our sins, the law of identification. Okay? C.S. Lewis calls it that, that, that secret magic from before the dawn of time. Remember Aslan getting up, you know, and the mice start to eat his... He's dead. The mice start to eat his ropes and, and the witch thinks she's one and the mice eat the little ropes and they get up and they ask him, what happened? He said, oh, the wicked witch knew some magic. And the Bible says, if they'd known 
the magic from before the dawn of time. They would never have killed him. And that was the law that God had of identification. That if he could, he could identify with us to carry our sins, we can, from the resurrection, identify with him to have authority in our life. And the Bible says we rose with him. We rose with him. And when Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me, that's what he's talking about. He's saying, we rose with him. Philippians 2.6, you got it? Sorry, Colossians. Colossians 2.6-12. to 12. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now built up in him and established in your faith as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through empty philosophy and empty deception according to the traditions of men, according to the elementary principles of the world. For in him all the fullness of the the deity dwells in bodily form and you have been made complete in him. Now, that word complete means you have found your completion. You have found your perfection. You have found what God has for you. You have found your purpose. You have found your ministry. You have found um, what God destined for you in him. And he goes on to talk about it more. But one thing I find interesting, and I'll just say this, I'll put it out there for you. And I'll mention it in the prayer meeting over there. We as Westerners, we look at that and we think that's me. He's talking, talking to me, all right? And he is talking to me. But actually, he's talking to me as part of us. He's talking the whole body. The whole body. And the whole body. Now, you will always have authority in your situation. You will always have authority in your domain. But as a body, we were risen with him. And Ephesians, when he talks about this, of course, he goes on, Ephesians 4, to talk about every body, part of the body having it's part. So you'll find there's some people that have faith for one thing and others have faith for another. Okay? So Linda has faith for car parks. All right? You know? And I told you about this big mistake I made the other week. It was raining and being a gentleman and the park, car park was being busy, very busy, and being a gentleman as I am, this is down at Stocklands and Caloundra, right? I, I let her out. You know, crowded car park, pouring rain, I thought I'd be a gentleman. I let her right out there, so undercover. Big mistake. Because I'm driving around there for the next 15 minutes looking for a car park. As I was in there, she'd say, there'll be one right at the front and there'll be one right at the front. And, you know, and, I, and I thought, what a shame. You know, man of faith and power. You know, and then It occurred to me that perhaps I should pray and believe God for, this, for a car park. You know, it occurred to me after driving around. I know, I'm not as quick as some of you. <laughs> Maybe I can believe God for a car park, right? So I believe God for a car park, right? And there was like, honestly, literally 15 seconds, bang. There it was. And I told her, came back, I met her, soaking wet. I said, that's the last time I let you out of this. <laughs> but, you know, some people got faith for healing. And it's, then there's gifts for that. There's authority we have which is released in gifts of healing as well as gifts of faith. Okay, As a corporate, we, we have the authority. 
we have authority in this city. And then as part of our body, you have authority. Or part of anybody, you have authority. You've got authority in your domain where God's put you. At your work, with your family, with your own flesh, with anything that comes against you, you don't have authority over anyone else. You understand? And so this verse is saying, you, you found your maturity, you found your completion. So, you know, we can get saved, we are saved, we receive forgiveness, but we will never find our completion till we see ourselves risen with Christ. He didn't rise for himself. The Bible says because he humbled himself. And I find it interesting, the other thing, another little rabbit, Warren, I find it interesting that in, in one of the great passages in Philippians where he's talking about this risen power that he first teaches on humility. All right? Because the key to this risen power is humility. All right? But he says here that you have been made complete in him. He is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you are also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Having been buried, left to right, having been buried with him, died, buried in baptism, then you rose with him. And the Bible says, because he humbled himself to the point of death, God gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And the Bible says in Ephesians, right, he didn't just raise us with him, he seated us with him. And that is very significant. At the end of this message, I'll sit down here, my job's done. Because I'll sit down, it's done. All right? Now, I know that we'll meet and talk afterwards just by way of illustration. All right? And when your job's done, you sit down. And what God's telling us is there's nothing you can do to earn this authority. There's nothing you can do to work this authority. There's nothing you can do to make it more or make it less. We've actually been seated. The work is completed. All right? So, we're faced with this dilemma, right? That this is a growing illumination. It's been revealed in the scriptures. Technically, it's not a revelation, but the Holy Spirit illuminates it to us, all right? How do we work in this authority? And I know we, in, in parts of our lives, if you're ever like me, sometimes you get push, 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 and then you realize you've got authority and you stand up and finally take it, all right? And then there's areas in our life we've taken it for different things, with different things that we spoke over our children because we knew that we had that right and authority to speak over our children, okay? And all those things have come to pass, all right? And Paul gives us this secret here. He says, as you have been, so verse 6, therefore as you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in him. Now we don't, we don't, like, we've understood with grace, you don't get saved by grace and then get sanctified by works, right? Okay? So it's that same understanding of the completed work. You don't get saved, forgiven by, by the work of Christ on the cross and then receive authority by, you know, by seeing how long you can pray or how, many, how high you can get an airplane to go around a mountain or how many people you can get pray. The Bible never says, let's get a thousand people, 
praying. Sometimes I, it, it disturbs me. I love a thousand people praying, but you don't get ten times the power with ten thousand people. You understand that? Hello? All right, some of, you, some of us might need to just tuck our toes in a little bit. You don't get more power with 10,000 people praying. If anything, it's likely to have less. Do you know why? Because the Bible says wherever two or more of you agree. It doesn't say wherever 50 more of you agree. It's a lot harder to get 50 to agree than it is two. <laughs> True? The power in combined prayer is power of agreement. Wherever two or more of you agree. We get three, we get four, that's good. After that, I'm going to be looking around. Are you sure you agree? Because <laughs> if you don't, there's the door. Like Jesus sending them out when he was praying for the dead. Just send them out. Are you sure you agree? No, just there's the door. Okay? But he says, in the same way that you receive Christ Jesus, walk, just walk in him. Now, you remember, remember when you were saved. So, as you might recall, I was saved on the 17th of January, 1975, which, if you remember, was a Thursday. Okay? And so, and it was at 8, 8, 8, 20 p.m. Okay? So what were you doing on the 17th of January? I know what I was doing. <laughs> what were you doing? All right. But you know that they, I had some very, it was at Teen Ranch. Uh, that's a, a Baptist camp, Cobbity, uh, southwest of Sydney. And I had some very wise words from our counselor, you know. And he said, because I, I mean, I felt great. I felt great. Who felt great after I was saved? Now, now some people didn't. And here's headlines for you. They're just as saved. All right? And these were the very wise words that, that, that I got. He said, Grant, you'll go home and uh, you, know, you might wake up and you might not feel saved. And that's wise words to tell to a 12-year-old coming on 13. Because <laughs> you get that question, don't you, for new Christians all the time. I don't feel it. Where's God? He's left me. It's not that. It's the onions you had in the meal last night. That's, that's what it is, you know. Where's God? He's left me. He said, you feel, but no, that's, and I had this wise words about you are saved because Jesus died for your sins. And, and it's like going over this, that's why you're saved, you're born again. Not whether you feel like you don't. Now that is so profound. As you have received the Christ Jesus, so walk in him. Who had that experience? Now for me, that lasted a couple of weeks, right? The joy of this. And then, you know, it, I don't feel saved. It coincided with going back to school. <laughs> All of a sudden, I don't feel safe. Who had that experience? All right? That you just didn't feel it. Four of us. The rest of you, it's yet to hit. <laughs> you know? And were you saved? Yes, you were. Because you were saved through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for you. As you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in him. So what did you do? You got stuck into your word. Who read their Bible once they got saved? I had a beautiful... Who read their Bible once they got saved? Come on, guys. I had a beautiful Bible. It was a good news Bible, and it was white. I was the only one in our Bible study at, at, in Ride, the Teen Ranch Bible study, with a white Bible. And so I was pretty important, you see. And, uh, and so I, I found this... I found that, that once... The more I read my Bible, the more I felt saved. You know? And then as I grew up in the Lord, because I can remember sitting there in the first week of that Bible study, it was in Gladesville actually in Sydney, and uh, this guy got up to give his testimony, and he said, he said, I've been saved for six months, and he started to go through all the good things God and the tests and trials, and I'm sitting there with my white Good News Bible open like that, thinking, man, one day 
I'm going to be able to say, oh, I've been safe for six months. <laughs> One day, I'm going to be able to say, yeah, I've been safe for six months. Well, that was January 1975. <laughs> Praise God. All right? As you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in him. Yeah. All right? We, we, when we believe that Jesus uh, rose, that Jesus identified with us in sin, we have faith for salvation. When we believe that we identify with him in the resurrection, we have faith for victory. We have faith for victory. Because God gave him a name that is beyond any other name. That at the name of Jesus, anything you can name, anything that is a noun, anything that you can identify, anything that you can name must bow its knee to that name. It must bow its knee to that name. And as you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in him. You're having trouble? Get stuck in your Bible. Just check. Check that that's what it says. Just like sometimes I need to do that. I'm just going back to check if that's still in Ephesians. Does anyone do that? I just, I just need to go back and check. I might read it three or four times in case it changes. Okay? And then I go, check to see if it's, if it's like that in Philippians. Is it still there? Yes, it is. Colossians, it's still there. And you'll be amazed as you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in him. You'll be amazed how your faith begins to build on that. It has nothing to do with feelings. You have authority over any domain that God's put you in. Not over people, not over anyone else, but circumstances and situations that you face, your family, your health, your work, where God's called you to be, and even if you're there by mistake, because he still protects you. As you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in him. And we can rest and sit down in that and we start to speak it. We know that. We start to speak it. We start to say, I've got authority. I've got authority over anywhere God's put me. Anything in my domain where God's put me. I've got authority over my finances. I've got authority over my health. I've got authority over the forces that come against me and my family. I've got authority in my workplace. And we start to exercise, start to speak it as we receive the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll Thank you for listening. We trust that you've been encouraged by the message. Please consider leaving a review and subscribing to receive new content. For more information about Redeemer Coast, visit www.redeemercoast.com or find us on social media where our handles are at Redeemer Coast. Until next time.